Hi, my name is Nancy. I've been at Heart and Soul for six years. And one thing I love about Heart and Soul are the gratitude walks every first Saturday. It's beautiful people and beautiful scenery every month. Greetings, family. My name is David Lee Walker Jr. I've been with Heart and Soul for five plus years. And what I love most about Heart and Soul Center of Black is that we are a world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. And when I say that the teaching is everything that my soul and my spirit need for me to be my highest and best yet to be, I am so grateful and so thankful that not only do I have this access to this world-class teaching and empowerment, I get to do it in beloved community with the heart and soul community. And that makes the experience even better. So I'm grateful for the teaching and the fact that I get to live life with such a beautiful, wonderful, powerful community of people. I give thanks. Hi, my name is Felicia Williams Cozy. And I am Tyrone Cozy. And we've been members of Heart and Soul Center of Light since Reverend Andriette married us over 11 years ago. That's right. And one of the things we love about Heart and Soul is that it is a place that anchors our love and our relationship together. And it's been doing that for a long time. Met Reverend Andriette before she was a reverend. And all I know is that her heart is so pure and loving and to see all this manifested as a result of the vision. So we're just in love with that vision. We're in love with her and we know that ain't no place like heart and soul. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I agree as well. <laughs> And so I want to get in on this a little bit because those are good. So I'm Reverend Andriette Earl, and I am the founding and senior minister. And I, I have been, wait a minute, I'm trying to get my good in here. Um, and I have been at Heart and Soul, obviously, for 13 years as the founder. And what I love about Heart and Soul is my opportunity to expand my life to deepen my practice, to know something more, including in this moment now. I am grateful for y'all. I'm grateful for what we've created. I'm grateful for the divine expansion of it. I'm grateful for the way that this is all unfolding. This is something good. And for this, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. So good morning, heart and soul. We continue to celebrate our 13th anniversary. Um, I don't even have to explain why, do I? We just, because we, we can, because we are. We just, because we can, we are choosing to continue to celebrate it. And just so you know, there may be a moment during the spring where we'll pop back into anniversary celebration, just because we in charge and we can do that if we want. But for right now, we're in the midst of absolutely celebrating 13 years. And this is an interesting kind of thing that occurs to me that at, when you think about life at 13 years, when I was 13, I knew way more than I know now. <laughs> way more. I dang near knew everything and wanted an opportunity to share that wisdom. Because grown folks back then didn't know as much as I knew then, or so it seemed, yes? So 13 is an interesting kind of energy, isn't it? And that's where we are. So I am, I'm kind of like seat belted in and strapped down because I know this is about to be an interesting ride in terms of how we see ourselves and what we think we know and how we want to tell folks and share about that. All of that is a part of, of who we are at this particular stage, at this particular time. Dr. Will Coleman last week shared with us that using numerology, that the number one is about focused attention. So the 13 includes the, the focus of one, which is focused attention, and three, which is imagination. Now, when we put that together, we can see how 13-year-olds act the way they do because they are focused, they have focused their attention on them, and then they are imagining in, a, <laughs> in alignment with that focus. Does that make sense? And so what we're doing and what I'm going to invite you to do today as I am, as this message appears to us, 
uh, is presented to us, unfolds for us, is I'm going to invite you to, to see, to, to sense whether it is most appropriate, or maybe it's both, to focus your attention on a particular aspect, a particular element, a particular component of today's message, or to unleash your imagination. Now, it could be a both and. I don't know. I'm not all up in your business right now. I'm simply inviting you to engage today. I'm a little, um, sometimes I come before you with my talk all prepped, but something else needs to, wants to be said using my voice and, and me to engage it. And so right now, what I'm what, what I'm moved to share with you is that as, as a youngster, I was always in awe, a bit mesmerized by optometrists because I could not figure out how they could tell what I was seeing because I had figured out that we weren't all seeing the same thing. And I couldn't figure out how it is that they could discern what I could see. And same things for audiologists. How can they definitively discern what I can hear? And I have since determined that they can't. Try having, try having an optometry appointment when you are exhausted. Well, maybe not for young folks. Let me, let me young folks just get a drink of water right now. I'm talking to the elders. <laughs> As an elder... Go to your eye appointment. No, do not do this. But if you do go fatigued, there's no way to keep up with that. And so one can end up, ask me how I know, with a prescription that has nothing to do with your eyes. So that confirmed to me much later, as a youngster, I used to always wonder, how do people think they know what other people know or what they see or what they can hear and all of that? And so now the way it comes to me to share with you is this notion that it is done unto us as we believe Nobody can get there until you're believing. Some of us try to make the decision before you believe it. And you have decided that it won't be that way whether you believe it or not, but it only, it is absolutely associated with whether you believe it. So until you believe it, it ain't no thing. Your belief is what is the engine, so to speak. It's the mechanism. It's how it works. Absent your belief, you will have no proof ever. So if you're waiting for the thing and then you're going to start believing, let me just tell you, you've got a wait coming. Because it's not happening until you engage your belief system, until your will, which means engaging your belief system in the way I'm speaking of means letting go of what you used to believe. Oh, shoot. Got to let go of that? I've trusted that. That's what I'm leaning on. Been driving that, been riding in that. Yeah, you're going to have to let go of that. Or there'll be no new. There'll be no shift. Not in the way we pray for, not in the way we dream for, not in the way we sing about and affirm. That new, that shift, that difference is wholly reliant on your believing it in. You're calling it forth from the inside out. I know we're waiting for it to show up and then we're going to engage. That ain't how it works. How it works is that you bring it. Where I grew up, kind of in my little neighborhood, we used to say, you got to bring some to get some. This is that. This is that. This is where we're required to focus our attention on the highest and best. And then imagine it. Oh, well, this is a whole other talk. I don't even know. Um, so look at here. If we are truly focusing our attention on the highest and best, in Revelations 21, it would say a new heaven 
a new divine idea. If we were to focus our attention on a new divine idea, somebody would say peace. In fact, I'm going to ask you right now, what is it for you? Even you at home and out to brunch, all that, put the fork down for a moment. And let's just focus our attention to see what is it? What's your heart's desire? What is it you're praying for? What is it you're hoping for? What are you desiring for the children? What is that? Call that out right now, whatever that is. Ashe. 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 Call it out. There's power in our word. So just to speak it is saying something. So out to brunch, kick back in bed, on the side of the whatever. Yes. Name it. But you're not done. You see, because after we have focused our attention, and just saying it is not the same as focusing one's attention. Let's be clear. So saying it is a step. Not going to get there if you don't say it. Are you clear about the? Okay. So first to say it, to stand in it, have the courage to speak it. Because sometimes we aren't even, we sense that we're not even able to just say it. Because maybe we've had a, a diagnosis, a prognosis, so, so we can hardly utter the words health and well-being, healing. But we must have the courage. We must show up willing to just speak it, to just stand on the very precipice of the diagnosis and the prognosis and say it aloud, health and wellness. And maybe it's about money. Maybe it's about finances. Maybe it's about debt. Maybe it's about whatever that is to stand in it and say prosperity. Which translated is an abundance of all things good. That would include health and well-being and truth. So we just stand at the very edge of wherever we see ourselves, which is directly connected to the greater possibility. So we stand right there doing our best to be in the gap or get thee a practitioner to stand in the gap for you saying, this is as far as I can go with this. I can say it, but <laughs> what did the man say? I believe. Lord, help thou my unbelief. I can believe some of this. This is how I can say it. But help that part that doubts. Help that part of me that is afraid to even say it because nobody in my family has been debt-free ever. And so I don't know really how to believe it, but I'm willing to, I can at least stand here. But I'm going to need somebody to say it louder, somebody to say it clearer, somebody to say it from a grounded, anchored place that can support me in moving what from where I've been to where I intend to be, what I see a new heaven. And a new earth is but the manifestation of the divine idea. My focused attention and that that you see the imagination. So here's our step, yes? It's first to say it. Well, no, you can't say nothing you don't know. So first you're going to have to know it. So just be willing to know it, to have an awareness. Awareness is always your first step. So have an awareness of the heart's desire. Yes? And then be willing, be courageous and speak it. Be bodacious. Say something that has never been said before. Or maybe it's, you've said it before, but this is the first time you meant it. See, I don't, you know, don't, don't get caught up in it. Just be willing to stand in it. Boldly, freely, yes. Yes, go for it would be another way. So you're aware, first of all, and now you've spoken it. And now, focus your attention on it. And what that means in this instance is do not entertain the contrary. Do not begin to, you cannot be the expert on credit card debt and how hard it is to get out of it. 
while you affirm prosperity. You must focus your attention on your intention, your heart's desire for prosperity. You, can, you have to let go of all of, your, all of your wisdom that you've acquired about debt and doing without and being without. And this is not denial. This is shifting your attention. I don't know if you get that. It, it can be subtle. It, it's a bit nuanced until you master it. Because I'm not telling you don't act like you got the bill. I need you to act like you got the bill. Because part of being debt free is getting that paid. So it's not denying what is. It's seeing it in a different way. Some of us have seen it as a permanent condition. And so we live in it as if it's a permanent condition. This begins to shift that. So you're saying, okay, that's, that's how it is right now, but it ain't going to always be that way. So what's the, that's the song? It ain't gonna, um, I can't get it right now. Um, let me move on. But this idea is to, because sometimes I get a little caught up in an eddy of trying to remember something that really is tangential to the thing itself, and so I'm going to try to hold my try to focus my attention, <laughs> model the behavior right here, <laughs> right now, that the idea could be that, okay, so you've been in court with the case or you've had the hearing and it did not go the way you wanted or the way you, the way you know is right. Now you can decide that it's over, that it's over and that's just that, or you can decide that the power of your belief makes a difference. And you're going to begin to believe something about that. You're going to begin to know something very specifically about that. What are you going to know? Well, the highest and best. Because your situation does not cancel out the highest and best. It's not even a testimony to the absence of that. What it is is an ask for your attention on something more. Now, you're at choice. I'm not telling you what to do, even though I probably sound like it. I'm just realizing I'm a little impassioned here. <laughs> but I, I simply want to go on record and say you are absolutely at choice. It's up to you what you believe. But watch yourself now. Watch yourself. That's a lot of power, your belief. Why? Because it's done unto you as you are believing. Not how you gon' believe or how you told people you believe, but as you are yet believing. You know, I've, I've said to y'all before, maybe you can go see your GP, your general practitioner, by yourself. But if they send you to a specialist, do not go alone. Because you need someone to hold the energy of the truth, of the highest and best. And let me just say that it can be hard. The, 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 the more specialized the medical professional, the more difficult it can be for the patient to hold the truth because they're going to begin to give you the specifics and the, the odds the GP is not really in the odds business. But when you start talking to surgeons and specialists, have somebody with you so you can just pray. So you can just know, have your little affirmation. This is what you're reading, no matter what they say. I am whole. I am perfect. My health is whole, perfect, and complete. Whatever your affirmation is, that's your focus. The person you took takes notes. They get the data. You don't, mm, you may need some of the data later, but you don't need all that right now. Because one, they have on a white coat probably. And a white coat can transform your mind. You just be in there crazy. Listening to, accepting, whatever. Is this making sense?
So you're not going to the doctor and you're not going to court by yourself. I'm not, it, this isn't about the attorney or whatever professional you have. What you need is somebody you know is not going to be distracted by the proceedings. And they will know what their job and they are to support you in getting the information. But your job is to stay centered. Why? Because it's done unto you as you believe. You cannot afford to believe what the surgeon believes. Because you can't wait to find out what they believe. <clears throat> Pardon me. You cannot afford to wait to see what does the surgeon believe and decide whether you're going to believe what they believe about your situation and circumstance. You must decide before you get there and be willing to not shift. This must be for somebody because they ain't a note about this at all. Look, this idea, this intention, this calling on our lives to focus our attention, to first of all be aware of the power that each of us has, that is resonant in the divine, the living one, the strong one, God by any name or nature, all power. And there is an aspect of that that is true for each and every one of us but only if we believe it. If you don't believe, you're excused. You're excused from the life you desire because you're believing in something else. If you're... Is there a question? I'm just going to pause. Is there a question about any of this? Do I dare ask if there's a question in the chat? Have we, I mean, I'm out here, I'm out here on a limb anyhow. <laughs> Look, there is a power that is present right where we are right now, each of us. Now, some of us feel it right now because we've been doing the work to open ourselves to feel it, to recognize it to realize the presence. If you've not been doing that, you probably don't feel it. And it could be that what I'm saying right now to you sounds like gibberish in a sense. And for some of you, you could make the mistake of thinking, I already done that. Can I just tell you it's the kiss of death? When you believe that you have already done all you can do, and you're still here drawing breath? Because the still here drawing breath part is a clue. Now, if you're not, if this is your last breath, you're excused. But if it isn't and you're going to draw a few more, then you need to get in the game. And the game is one of knowing the truth. As much as you can know. None of us is responsible for knowing all the truth everywhere always. But you're responsible for knowing that piece you're supposed to know. You're responsible for knowing who you are and who, somebody would say whose you are. You're responsible for knowing the truth about your being. You're responsible for knowing that there's only one. There's just one and that we are all part of it. There's one breath. We are all breathing it. There's one life. We are all living it. We are responsible for knowing this. It's only in the let go that we have space for that that is our heart's desire. Yeah, I know. We just want to add the heart's desire right on top. That's not how it's going to work. It's creating the space journey in divine bliss. There's a part of me. Am I the only one high? <laughs> I 
if you accepted the invitation, you too would be hanging on. Revelations 21 and 5. I make all things new. It is in the divine journey, away from the mundane, in the divine journey into bliss, into truth, into light, into love, that one experiences the divine transformation. I know I literally overstand that we don't really want to leave where we are. We're willing to leave it. We're almost like, you know, a kid where, you, where you're, you're wanting to take something from them that where you literally have to hand them the other thing before they let go. But all of us are too old for that. We know to let go in order to receive. And this is that. It's that journey in bliss that supports us in the let go. Can you feel the vibration of that? Can y'all put that in the chat so I can see that? Can you feel it just on the Zoom or the Facebook or the YouTube or the whatever you want? Can you like really feel that? Because there's a divine feeling tone to this. And that when you do, that's a different vibration. That's why it's important. It's not, I'm not just assigning feeling. I'm, I'm making note that what you feel is vibratory. It's, 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 a, it's a response. It's a noted, aware response to the vibration. The energetic frequency, it was always present. What's, see, I have this, I have this, I have this belief that musicians and contractors, uh, builders, electricians, plumbers, architects, mm, no, not so much. The folks who are literal, well, kind of, sort of, yeah, let's bring them in too. The, The folks who know that what they're doing, they are doing in alignment with principle. So they they may not call it that, but in music, there are principles. Those notes, there are only so many, and people, do you watch often when musicians get to that point where they're just feeling it? No, they aren't just feeling it. It looks like that to us. They're doing way more than feeling it because they're in the thing itself. You, You see, they've already done the study and or practice. Because some folks do it without the study. But they are so immersed in the practice that they came turn it loose. That there's no place where the music ends and they begin. That it's all one. And when you watch someone who is proficient, has mastery in the electrical or, or, or um, carpentry, It's an art. And you see them, they know what to do and what not to do. I don't think y'all get what I'm talking about. Because you're still in your seats. The top of your head hadn't blown off like mine has. I don't don't think you get what I'm talking about just because, just because we we still in the room. The roof is still out here. I don't, because it's beyond, it's not me. I don't have anything to tell you personally, but I'm willing to invest my voice, my time, my attention in delivering an idea here. Okay, look, I don't know why I said that. So what I thought was going to happen for next year, I'm not even, there's no point. (laughs) What I thought was going to happen into next year, and I, 
I was believing, like, like sometimes I like to, to dream that my life is kind of linear, my work is linear in a way that I will lay it out, and then I'll just do that. And, uh, you know, naive and silly. So I was imagining that for next year, and maybe in December we would begin kind of laying a little track for this, but I'm clear that for 2023 for us is that it's got to be a focus on, on what must I do in me in order to shift the world, my world, first from the inside out, my personal world, and my personal sense of the universe. Because what I'm clear about, it, and y'all know this already, that we all have way more power than we're using. And not just using, we got way more power than we acting like we have. We're not even claiming it, let alone using it. We're not even acknowledging the power we have as divine beings. And we are divine beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. But that's not like an excuse. That doesn't, that doesn't give us a pass. You, you know what I mean? So we're having a human experience, but we're to have this human experience in a spiritual way, Fr from a spiritual consciousness, from an awareness that we are not bound by being in human form. I don't know. See, It's all true, but I think sometimes we're, we're living the human experience like it's a box out of which we cannot climb. Like, like the human experience is what I'm supposed to be doing. Rather than having the light of the divine so shine as me in my humanity that it transforms that. There's a calling on our lives. Always has been, is now, always will be for as long as you have the life which is eternal. Oh, see, there's, there's so much for us to glean, for me to glean the divine eternality of life, of my life. we really, if we truly, if we truly believed the truth of our being, our whole, our perfect, our complete nature, if we truly believe that, our world would be different. I know we're waiting on the world to change so that we can be all that we can be. The world is waiting for us to be all that we can be so it can change. Look, Ernest Holmes did this thing about um, that he, he says that there are there are three things that are essential about love and gratitude. He says, first of all, the first thing is, is our duty toward ourselves. Now, can I just say generationally, this is going to be hard for some people. Because some of us were raised that it ain't about us. Now, it's going to get to be about you later when the finger shaking starts. But right now, it's not about you. It's about a more magnanimous sense of your service in the world. Those two things are the same, though. My parents didn't teach that. They, they were busy, focused on the selflessness. And so I had to come to, and I'm still coming to, a sense of, of myself to own and honor that as valid and real and that it's okay for me to bask in that I am. So... Dr. Holmes says our first duty 
toward ourselves is that we must right ourselves. That we must get right ourselves before we can see our brother, our sister right. So it kind of, it, it shifts the why to to me. You know, but we, the, the way some of us were raised were just as if that was just a bad thing for you to be sitting up thinking about you. But now there's a bit of a shift to it. There's a bit of, a, of an expanded, an, an opportunity for an expanded understanding of it. That you must do that so that you can have a place prepared in you for your brothers and sisters, for humanity. Does that make sense? Okay, so the first step is for you to get busy with you. Clean up your house. House meaning consciousness, you know, scripturally, when house is mentioned, it means consciousness. So it's clean up your house, clean up your consciousness, your awareness, yes? Then he says, it's about our duty towards other, is, others is the number two. That when we have gotten right with ourselves and have come to see our brother right, that's that number two. So now you're, you're right with you and you're seeing others right. There's a part of me say, why go on to number three? Those two going to keep us busy. I don't have to reveal number three till a year after next. But he does. He says our duty toward God, the divine, the living one, the strong one, by any name or acknowledging any aspect of its nature, then we behold the divine. Then we behold the divine, the living one, the strong one, the all in all that it may behold us in the same way that we behold it. What you say, Reverend? Did you just say it's going to behold me like I behold it? Because if y'all really heard that, I would expect that a bunch of folks would need to leave. <laughs> They'd be like, you know what? I got work to do. Rev, I love you, but I can't sit here because I need to go journal. I need to go make an appointment with a practitioner. I need to work some stuff out. I can't just be sitting around here on Sunday morning. Because look, if it's responding to me as I respond to it, I don't have not a moment to waste as I realign my attention with my intention. Yes. You see, this is why, at least for me, I remember that one of those <laughs> on Easter Sunday when the children would be called up to give a verse, and some of us were left with God is love. And you want it to, to be more adept. You want it to be a better speaker, someone who could, could uh, memorize a longer affirmation, a longer scripture, so that you could showcase that instead. And it was because we didn't understand the power that that was the one. I mean, I'm just going to go on record and say it was all good, but that's the one. The one that we wanted to hurry up and, and not have to be the one to do God is love. Why is that all I get to say? Because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. God is love. Oh, John Coltrane said, it's a love supreme. My name is Sheila Smith. I am the co-lead for prayer and care here at Heart and Soul Center of Light. And I am proud to say that I have been here for 13 years. I love heart and soul. I have grown as a person. I have grown spiritually. 
I have an extended family. This is my place. <laughs> my name is Takia Franklin. I am the mother of Sade, Hiram, and Halim. I've been at Heart and Soul for 12 years. My babies have been raised in the beauty of this community and environment. And what I love about it is that it is filled with a village of prayer warriors, people who really understand and are doing, understand the importance of doing the work and practicing the faith and allowing that to function. And it has really blessed my life as I continue to realize my highest and best self, so. Hi, my name is Dan. I've been a member here at Heart and Soul for 13 years. And what I really love about Heart and Soul is how we are just family here. We always have get-togethers together and just, just a loving family, and I appreciate that. Hello, my name is Janet Tillman, and I have been a member of this community and loving this community for over 12 years. And I am so grateful to be a part of it. And the main reason is because of the love and the transformation and the active care that we give each other is consistent. So this is our time for our closing prayer. And I just want to, to invoke, if you will, Romans 13 and 8. Love is the fulfilling of the law because love is God. And I'm adding a love supreme. Because love is God, a love supreme. And so I just ask if you're comfortable to, you know, just assume whatever the position is for prayer, allow your eyes to close, bow your head, whatever is appropriate for you and your expression of prayer. And just remember that true prayer is universal. It's never just personal. It's never one person just praying for themselves as if they could have and no one else. It's universal in that it's intended to open our heart-mind in a sense that we could see our heart's desire for everyone, for everyone who desires it, that there's no one from whom we are withholding divine good the divine good that we want for ourselves. And so it is in this attitude of love and gratitude that we bring this attitude to prayer. And we begin recognizing that there is one, one life, the life of the divine, the living one, the strong one, God, Allah, Jehovah, by any name, one, one life. And that each of us is living the one life, even as the one life is living us. That we are all breathing the one breath, the breath of the divine, the living one, the strong one. We are breathing the breath of God, even as that breath is breathing us. That we are knowing something quite magnificent, something quite beyond any lack or limitation or restriction. That I am knowing on behalf of those who are not yet knowing for themselves. That right where they are, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is and is manifesting as each and every one of us. That there is not a spot where the divine is not. That right where we are, it is. God is the living one, the strong one. Jehovah is. Oh, and I know and I know that I know that all is well in that energetic field. And that field of awareness. And that field of I amness. For anyone and everyone who is willing to know and claim, realize and be without doubt, without fear, without question, to stand boldly in the awareness that God is, the living one is, 
and I am. That God is and I am and all is well because it must be. Not just how I perceive it. All is well. That there is a divine healing which I'm recognizing as systems coming into alignment. So this is not a miracle or a mystery. It is setting right that that is out of order. My thinking that I'm not is out of order. So this prayer, if it's anything, is setting right the order of life. It's setting right the energetic field that is health and well-being, that is prosperity and abundance of all things good. This is the shift and change required to have me, us, all of us stand in righteousness, in divine awareness of our whole perfect and complete nature. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks because once, at, once I realize and I am now standing in divine realization, I can only be grateful. I can only be grateful for the divine order in my life that I know is present in the universe. That all things are working together for the highest and best good. Oh, and for this I'm grateful. Father, Mother, God, I'm grateful for the order in the universe manifest in my life in all life. Knowing that this is so, I simply let go. In letting go, I'm releasing this word into the perfect activity of law. And the law I know is love. <laughs> it's a love supreme. So I am releasing this word, my heart's desire, this perfect truth into a love supreme. Knowing that it cannot possibly return void. Knowing that it must produce in like kind. That it reveals this divine energetic field in which I stand, in which I live, in which I move, in which I have my very being. Oh, I know that it's done and done well. And so I simply let it be. I seal this for all eternity by simply declaring, Amen. Amen. And so it is. Love matters. <laughs>